Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Shades of Grey. Our special guest today is Liz Lowy, co-founder and COO at EverSafe, a fintech platform that monitors the finances of older adults and families for fraud, identity theft, and age-related issues. Liz has a fascinating background in both private and public sectors, which we'll definitely touch upon in the show a little bit. Welcome, Liz. Thank you, Theo. I appreciate your having me. Wonderful to talk to you, as always. Um, now, we all know that we're getting older the minute we're born. And in the U.S. alone, we cite those figures all the time. There are over 110 million people over the age of 50 and is growing by 10,000 people a day. And fosters like to target this older demographic, not only because they have assets, but also because they're more likely to be fallen victim due to cognitive decline, loneliness, and other factors, which you know way more about this than we all do. An obvious question to start, why aren't more firms focusing on this particular demographic in this use case, since this is such a huge market, and I'd say a pretty low-hanging fruit? Well, that's a really, really good question. Uh, As you said, uh, the market is huge. Um, The baby boomers are aging. Uh, the number of uh, folks in this country who are, are seniors uh, now, as you said, increases by, by 10,000 each day, and it's projected to be for, uh, it's projected to double um, from about 46 million today to, to close to 100 million by, by 2060. So, um, and, and as you said also, uh, seniors hold uh, over 70% of the wealth in this country. So. You might think it's low-hanging fruit, as you said, but the fruit may not hang so low for for a few reasons. First of all, um, the technology to monitor for identity theft and and age-related issues is is somewhat complex. Uh, What we do is we analyze across accounts, across institutions, uh, credit cards, and the credit report, of course, uh, with different alerts that are focused on Things that may happen as we age and delivering them, you know, of course, different ways, not just to members, but to trusted folks that those members designate. But um, there's also a challenge, um, perhaps, with this market. Um, I think it's probably easier to focus on growing money and protecting money. I see a lot of new uh, apps and innovation on, on, on growing money. But protecting money is a little different. I would definitely say there's some denial at play. As you, as you said, I used to work in the public sector. Uh, I was a, I'm a former prosecutor from the Manhattan DA's office, so um, handled lots of cases of fraud involving older adults and younger adults. And you know, I think one thing all of my cases had in common, common is that almost no one predicted that they would be victimized. So there's that. And there's the denial of ever thinking that as we grow older, we'll be vulnerable in any way. So as you said, there are some vulnerabilities built in as, as folks get older. There's, there's vulnerabilities to, to being scammed. Um, not all older people are more vulnerable, but, but some are. And I do think people associate elder fraud with, with cognitive issues like dementia. Uh, even though fraud can happen to folks of, of any age. And there's a denial that um, e- even though I'm getting older, 
And I know I may become a little more vulnerable physically and, and even mentally. Um, this could never happen to me or this could never happen to my mom or my dad or my grandparents because they're pretty with it. And there was a recent study, lots of studies out there on elder financial abuse, but a recent one uh, conducted by Wells Fargo, it was actually called an elder needs survey, uh, found that uh, something like nine out of 10 seniors believe that elder fraud, elder financial abuse is, is a huge problem, but only one out of 10 believe they'll ever be a victim. So these are some of the issues that I think kind of illustrate why more folks haven't decided to focus on this. Although from our standpoint, because it's a huge problem and because seniors do hold all of these assets, and because clearly uh, we love our elders, right? We all, at least one older person, hopefully more than one that we care about, this is a really important issue to address. And we're, we're proud to be addressing it in the, in the way that we are. Perfect, Liz. Uh, that, there were several insights there. Um, one of the things you did touch upon was your um, experience at the DA's office in Manhattan. So you spent 30 years as the chief of the elder abuse unit uh, within the New York County District Attorney's Office. And you've now, you're doing a startup. You're a, you're a chief operating officer um, at Eversafe. So what triggered the transition? Why from public sector to uh, startup world I mean, in one leap? Not necessarily a natural jump, right? But the truth is my job now really has a lot of similarities with my role as chief of the elder abuse prosecution unit. Um, I don't know if you know any folks who are, are in the criminal justice system or in law enforcement. It's an incredibly rewarding job. Um, I didn't love law school. I wasn't one of these people that wanted to be an attorney from the time I was three years old on. Um, but I interned at the Manhattan DA's office after working at a large firm um, when I was uh, in law school and, and really fell in love with the work. I liked working one-on-one -on -one with, with victims. I liked that I could see the fruits of my labor and, and meet people, get in the courtroom, and help people. And um, a few years after I started, I was put in charge of the domestic violence unit. And you'll see if you talk to folks in law enforcement and criminal justice across the nation, across the U.S., there are lots of specialized units, domestic violence, uh, sex crimes. Uh, we even had a gun trafficking unit, child abuse, of course, but very few elder abuse prosecution units. And so um, I brought that to the attention of the then DA, Robert Morgenthau, who quickly agreed we have to focus on this. He said, let's start this unit. I've always loved older people. And once that elder abuse unit was, was started and we started getting cases, I saw that most of the cases involved some form of fraud or financial abuse. And in fact, if you look at the research, the most common form of, of abuse against older people is, in fact, uh, elder financial abuse. So the other thing I learned is that these cases are really sad, um, devastating, in fact, and that even if there wasn't a physical wound, you know, a gunshot wound or 
physical injury of some kind, that these cases just left victims uh, so upset, devastated, in fact, and family members and other caregivers uh, devastated as well. And even folks at financial institutions who had missed these cases, they were also upset about, about the fact that the case had been missed for many different reasons. So there, uh, many of the victims, we never, the assistant DAs in my unit, we never even got to meet those victims because they died shortly after they were defrauded. And in fact, there was a recent study done by um, University of Texas and involving the Department of Justice that showed that out of all the different forms of elder abuse, the one that has the lowest survival rate, okay, there's a tie, but it's not cases involving physical abuse. It's not cases involving domestic violence, kids who beat up their parents and grandparents, or, or sex crime. It's actually elder financial abuse that has the highest mortality uh, tied with caregiver neglect. So I was seeing that firsthand through keeping my own cases and overseeing the prosecutors in my unit. I was watching how these cases flew under the radar not being identified by financial institutions, mostly because the scammers are so good at what they do, uh, they rarely take a large amount from one financial account. They'll steal across accounts and across institutions. You know, many of my cases lasted for years before they were picked up. And people just aren't monitoring. Within the financial institutions, uh, their analytics aren't picking up these cases. Um, Seniors aren't monitoring. Their caregivers aren't helping. Just these cases were so frustrating to me. And I was, it was fortunate for me that I, I had a case that was in the paper for like every day, got a lot of press for, for months involving a well-known philanthropist named Brooke Astor. And uh, we received a lot of calls after that case. It involved a well-known, very wealthy a philanthropist who was exploited by her only son, who was prosecuted and, and incarcerated after he was convicted. Uh, he was prosecuted along with uh, his attorney. Uh, and I got a call from a gentleman from Washington, D.C., uh, who wanted to talk to me about what had happened to him and his, his, his mother. Uh, I say it happened to him. It was really that his mother was first scammed by a telemarketing company and then scammed by other other services. I'm sure she got put on a sucker list. Um, long story short, that gentleman is now my CEO. It turns out his mother was a, a victim of fraud, but also he had a, a career as a successful entrepreneur and a technologist. And when I talked to him more about the cases I was seeing and what's not being done at financial institutions, he said, I can, I can solve this. And eventually I decided to help him solve that by jumping ship and going to work on the Eversafe software. Talk about the journey and how you guys got started. I'm like, you know, I, it, it's amazing. It's fascinating. Also frustrating at the same time. It's like you say, you know, the technology is there. It needs some work, but it's there, right? We have the know-how to do it. It's just, why aren't more people doing it? Um, so with that being said, um, can you talk to us a little bit more about ever since you guys started, 
what are some of the things that you have managed to accomplish um, in, in the past year or so that makes you really proud that you're like, oh my God, you know, I made the right decision. I made the right choice. Apart from, you know, I, I, I know, and I totally agree with you that, you know, with the, with the accomplishment and the sense of fulfillment that it comes from being able to help people. That's a great question also. Um, I think that um, some of my proudest accomplishments is that frustrations I had working in the criminal justice system, seeing all of these uh, folks who were, who were victimized. Again, I want to stress, not all of them had, you know, dementia, uh, like Alzheimer's disease. Some of them, you know, actually were, were doing quite well. There are plenty of older folks who are, who are doing uh, better than younger adults, I know. But uh, using our technology to, to look for aberrations, not just in the credit report, not just credit monitoring, not just identity theft, which we do and which is important, but across accounts, across institutions, because that's where the scammers are going, and looking for that activity and then sharing those alerts, um, that's been something that, that we've done that I'm proud of. One thing I learned, uh, which has been, I think, an accomplishment, is that um, our customers are not all seniors. We now have as many enrollees who are under age 55 as over age 55. So I'm proud of the fact that we have developed this service to be a really good caregiver's tool. Because the truth is, this is not just a problem about elders or seniors. It's really a problem for uh, everyone's financial health. Um, I have older parents. I have kids that are now at the time when they have their first credit card. Uh, and I have my own finances. It's tough to take care of your entire family's finances all at once. You know, I don't live next door to my parents. I can't open up their account statements and credit card statements and look at their credit report every day. I can't make sure that my son who has his first credit card is uh, understands what it means to be using it. But technology can really can can really achieve this. So I'm proud of the fact that we have a number of, of younger members as well as older members. We even have newborns on the system. Uh, I'm proud of the fact that my old life as a prosecutor has come into play in that um, I was kind of worried when I, I worked with lots of banks and firms uh, and credit unions also as a prosecutor going to help them develop their strategies and initiatives to focus on elder fraud, and I still get to do that now. They're still calling me, but I'm proud of the fact that financial institutions are now more focused on the issue. Uh, we're working with many of them. I was a little worried that when I went to visit, now that I'm working in a tech company, they'd say, hey, Liz, good to see you. We've got this. You know, our algorithms are we're identifying all these cases. Well, they couldn't say that to me <laughs> because I had seen all that, that was being missed. But also the fact that really just about every FI we visited has been open to the fact that this is a huge problem. Uh, the regulators are leaning into this and so that we've been able to, to work with them from Eversafe. I'm really happy about the fact also, sort of related to my old, my old role, is that we're working on some issues related to seniors that, that really end up as, in, in the criminal justice system, 
or in civil court. So we recently learned that, that Eversafe will, will be the recipient of funds from um, DOJ, from the Department of Justice, uh, pursuant to two grants where we were, uh, we were cited as the technology partner in these grants. One of the grants where there's funding from DOJ will actually connect financial institutions to adult protective services, known as APS, which for anyone who doesn't know, if there's an agency that deals with uh, issues related to children and one that relates to issues related to adults or seniors. And the National Adult Protective Services uh, Association is involved in that grant. We will be the technology partner that connects APS uh, to uh, financial firms. And uh, another grant involving DOJ that um, relates to guardianship uh, in two states. Uh, guardians, of course, are appointed along with conservators, depending on the state, to help manage um, the affairs of folks who are incapacitated. And I have to say that that system is a mess. There's supposed to be accountings to the court for, for how guardians and conservators are, are spending money. Uh, it's rife with abuse. And so we'll now be the technology partner involved in in looking at guardianship. So this is something else that I'm, I'm proud of. Um, you know, these are just a, a few of the things. We, we just recently became uh, a, a partner of Raymond James. We were selected to be one of five companies. They're now offering a suite of resources for advisors that can um, help advisors guide clients through planning for retirement. They call it increase longevity. <laughs> You'll find that retirement isn't used so much. People talk about longevity and financial health, which I think is great. So these are a few of the, the things I'm proud of. I think investment firms are, have been really interested in, in using uh, technology in this way. Definitely, I, I would say, helps connect next generation, uh, the next generation of clients, uh, sort of hooks them into working with with their firms to show that they're interested not just in seniors but in families. So these are a couple of things, the things I'm proud of and hopefully there'll be more in the coming year. So Liz, that's a lot of traction in what you guys are doing and uh, are you looking for funding or something from a VC based out of London? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, yes. Yes, stay on the line. Um, oh, th thanks for your interest, really. I, I, it's, it's great talking to you. And it's always interesting to talk to people who are interested in this issue and who don't just discount it. You know, sure. the whole aging issues aren't sexy issues, right? I mean, I've always loved old people, but I think it's like I, I, I'm one of the few. But people... They don't want to talk about aging. They don't want to talk about financial health. It seems there seems to be more of an interest in in, in investing and and um, you know robo advising. I think a lot of those things are important, but I just think financial health is so tied to living a long and healthy and dignified life. You know, I'm amazed that we're one of the few people looking at this and in this space. So I appreciate your interest. <laughs> 
on a, on a more serious note uh, what are the thoughts of uh, where you're going with this i mean i'm sure you when you started you you probably had a bucket list of things to do and you have a road map ahead of yourself uh, for, from a strategic angle from a product angle and all that so are there any key milestones that you've got your for yourself in the next 12 to 24 months that you would uh, you would like to share with us sure i mean we there's where there are a lot of exciting things that we're that we're working on uh, we're adding a real estate alert uh, hopefully by the end of this year if not if not q1 of next year uh, real estate uh, often is an adult's largest and most valuable asset and again from what i saw when i worked in in law enforcement it's often one of the first things a scammer will will hit so we will be able to uh monitor for 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 liens uh on property we're also adding social media to what we're monitoring for um so that's exciting and should be happening in the next couple of months um we're we're planning to uh expand the use of eversafe on internal transactions at financial institutions we were recently offered an opportunity to do this through an, an api at a major firm that i can't mention but having uh direct access to more data is of course something that interests us and something that we're planning to do uh we're going to be taking a look at and we have been connected to some insurance companies um we'd love to be bundled with insurance products uh you know people are uh people insure lots of things right insure their their house their car their jewelry and yet um many folks are not just keeping an eye on the, uh, on perhaps up there with their most important access and that's their their funds so we think we're a natural for the insurance industry we're expanding our employer caregiving initiatives uh talking to a few uh FIs about about that um and simply expanding and enhancing our analytics uh while we do introduce eversafe to to these additional industries um so exciting things going on um you know there's so many things that we maybe could use a little help with as we get older including things like bill paying uh and that sort of thing so we're working with with some other companies at at some other services that can be added to the eversafe the eversafe platform you guys going to have a very very busy year or years ahead and and as you mentioned it it's fascinating that you know people insure a bunch of different things but yet they don't seem to be taking as much care with safeguarding their finances just like how when we're preparing for a newborn you have all kinds of books about you know what to do for the next 9 months and what to expect when you're expecting but we don't really do do the same service for um getting older which i think we need to but uh, anyway it's so it's, so, it's yeah. so true part of it is that they haven't seen what i've seen so you know identity theft and credit monitoring are sexy words right people know about mm-hmm. them there a lot more folks are monitoring credit what they don't realize is this cameras many of my cases never even affected a credit report so the irs scam for instance 
how do you think a scammer is going to file a false tax return in your name to get, you know, some bogus refund? They're not opening up credit-based accounts. They're opening up depository accounts, and yet folks aren't keeping an eye on them, whether they're older folks or younger folks. So thank you for saying that, and that's what we're focused on and getting people to recognize that there are simple things you can do to protect those accounts as well. More can be done, definitely, and I am so glad that you guys are part of it. Um, so thank you so much, Liz. This has been a wonderful conversation, um, and we definitely need to continue that. Well, thank you. I, again, I'm just so appreciative that you're taking the time to, to focus on aging and financial health uh, and, and the dignity of, of older people will all be there, right? Yes. All right. And so with that, thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.